You are Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily fantasy baseball podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, I'm Scott Cullen, and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Baseball Podcast on the Locked On Podcast Network. Today's episode is brought to you by Green Room. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. So in today's episode, uh, we're going to look at the rookie class. Uh, and it's a, one of the standards, I guess, for fantasy sports is that players really want to uh, draft and manage uh, rookies, guys who are kind of just making their mark in the league, it's fun to be the first one there. Uh, but the reality is, is that it's really difficult uh, as a rookie to have uh, an impact in, in Major League Baseball uh, to the point that you are, are fantasy relevant. Uh, and so I guess what prompted this uh, is that the Los Angeles Angels have called up Joe Adele, uh, who was the 10th pick in the 2017 draft. Uh, and then Adele played last season. Uh, for the Angels. Now he hit 161 with a 478 OPS uh, in 38 games for the Angels. And you know you can look at that and and feel like, well, what, what is the point of having Joe Adele? Uh, but realize that he's only 22 years old now. So he was 21 years old last season. The fact that he didn't immediately hit the major leagues uh, and put up huge numbers should not come as a huge surprise. I mean, we've seen it this year. Uh, Wander Franco is the you know premier prospect in baseball, and he's been okay since getting called up. Jared Kelenic is one of the elite prospects in baseball coming into this season. He's been way worse <laughs> than okay. Uh, you know he's hitting in the low 100s, so uh, it's it's not a, an easy transition, uh, at least. And and it seems that it's become more difficult um, in recent seasons. So like if you look at Adele's uh, career path specifically. Um, he got called up to AAA in 2019 uh, and was quite young for the for the league, but he didn't hit a home run in, in 27 games there uh, to finish the season. And so, you know, maybe it takes uh, Adele some time to get used to uh, a new level. Uh, and if you look at how things have gone in AAA for him this year, he's got 23 home runs, 69 RBIs, 57 runs scored, eight stolen bases, uh, hitting 289 with a 934 OPS in 73 games. Uh, so, you know, 23 home runs in 73 games at AAA is uh, nothing to nothing to sneeze at. Uh, and so when when you've got the, the draft pedigree of Joe Adele, yes, you should certainly get uh, an opportunity uh, to, to test that in the major leagues, and he's going to get the, uh, that chance. But, uh, you know, as we, and, and it looks like Adele is going to play uh, right field every day for the Angels uh, for the rest of the season. Uh, his first game uh, after getting called up, he was three for four, had two doubles, three RBIs. Uh, that's a good way to, to get started. Uh, but, you know, given you know, where he is on his career path, uh, it makes the most sense here for the Angels to uh, play Adele every day unless, it, unless his performance uh, dictates otherwise. Um, but uh, I, I look back uh, kind of over the past handful of years uh, to look at hitters that have had at least 100 plate appearances and have an 800 OPS as rookies, uh, 800 or higher. Uh, and j- just to get a general sense of, you know, who's who's an above average uh, hitter uh, as a rookie. And I mean, 100 plate appearances is a pretty low threshold, uh, but just trying to find who, who can step in and produce right away. 
Uh, and so far, in 2021, there are 10 players uh, that uh, qualify under under those guidelines. Last season, there were only six. Now, it was a shorter season. It was a 60-game season, so not, there weren't as many players who had uh, as few as 100 plate appearances. But if you go back to previous seasons, 2019, there were 20. 2018, there were only 14. 2017, there were 21. 2016, there were 16. 2015, there were 22. Uh, so if you kind of average that out, you're kind of looking in the high teens uh, would be an average uh, season to have for the n- number of rookies that you would have that could come in and, and have an OPS over 800 uh, with at least 100 plate appearances. And, you know, last season was six. This season it's 10. And, you know, maybe that number can go up uh, over the rest of the season, but maybe not by too much, you know, because we're finding uh, that players don't just get called up and immediately hit the ground running. Uh, at least it's been fairly rare. Uh, and so, uh, when we come back, we will uh, dig into the top rookie hitters uh, and then uh, the top rookie pitchers uh, so far this season. Green Room is the first social audio platform made for sports fans. The app is free to download. Once you're in, you can talk with fans, athletes, and insiders in real time about your favorite team or sport. Green Room is the perfect place to start or join conversations about Major League Baseball. You'll find fans just like you on Green Room for watch parties, debates, post-game breakdowns, and of course, reacting to big news or rumors. You can even find locked-on hosts across the NBA, Major League Baseball, and the National Hockey League. Go download the free Green Room app now, currently available on all iOS devices. Be sure to create a profile, link your Twitter, join the Major League Baseball group for the latest league updates. I know you'll find a ton of incredible rooms around your favorite teams and leagues. Download the Green Room app today. Green Room, changing the way we talk sports. All right, so looking at uh, the top rookie hitters uh, so far this season. At number 20, uh, we're going with, he's he's on the roster of the Chicago Cubs, but uh, all his performance was with Chicago White Sox, second baseman Nick Madrigal. Uh, and Madrigal uh, doesn't offer you a whole lot of power. He's only got two home runs, uh, but he, he was hitting 305 uh, before suffering a season-ending injury. And so uh, the batting average is really what kind of kept uh, Madrigal valuable enough, but, but the fact that he's also missed a bunch of time uh, has, has not helped his uh, overall value. Uh, number 19, we've got Colorado's Brendan Rodgers. Uh, and now Rodgers is an oft-injured uh, top prospect uh, for the Rockies, but he, he has been uh, kind of getting himself uh, some regular playing time and producing a little bit. He's got nine home runs, 26 RBIs, 21 runs scored, hitting 268. And really the key here for Rodgers is just stay healthy. If he stays healthy uh, and, and finishes uh, this season, uh, that you know will really elevate expectations for him going forward uh, because really the, the, that's been the big hang-up is just finding uh, him able to stay healthy for at least a few months in a row. Uh, at number 18, uh, Minnesota's Alex Kirilov, who is out... Uh, possibly for the rest of the season. Uh, Kirilov had eight home runs, 34 RBIs, was hitting 251 uh, before getting injured. And, and as you can see, we're, we're, it's not that easy for, for rookies to come in, have an impact, and then avoid injury. I mean, we, we've already, uh, these three, three hitters we've talked about, already two of them uh, are looking at season-ending injuries. Uh, at number 17, we've got Bobby Dahlbeck. Uh, for the Boston Red Sox, who uh, he's a power source, but uh, because he uh, swings and misses so much, he's also hitting just 213. He has 11 home runs, 40 RBI, so you know there there is some appeal there, uh, but the low batting average does make it tough on Dahlbeck, and, and going forward, it's going to be even tougher for him because it, when, once Kyle Schwarber uh, gets in and starts playing first base for Boston, Dahlbeck uh, could lose some playing time there. Uh, at number 16 is Seattle's Jake Fraley. Now, Fraley hasn't played a whole lot, uh, and he also uh, got hurt, but 
had enough kind of an instant impact. Seven home runs, 25 RBIs, scored 20 runs, stole eight bases while hitting 248. And uh, you know we're we're dealing in small samples, but at least in a small sample, uh, Jake Fraley was pretty successful. Uh, number 15, uh, Chicago White Sox, uh, n- now down in AAA, uh, DH Yerman Mercedes. And Mercedes started out the season like a house on fire. Uh, was hitting over 400 for a while. Uh, and basically his, his season seemed to get completely derailed when he hit a, a, a moonshot off of Williams Astadio because then uh, manager Tony La Russa uh, criticized him very publicly uh, and Mercedes' season just went straight downhill. Uh, and even so, he's he had seven home runs, 37 RBIs, hitting 271. Uh, but uh, as I said, he was hitting over 400 for a while. And so the, the fall to 271 has been rather steep. Uh, at number 14, Cincinnati catcher Tyler Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson, uh, has, his battle has been trying to get playing time, and now he, he had some opportunity when Joey Votto was hurt, so he plays some at first base. Uh, he does get some time behind the plate, but that's the real challenge is uh, finding enough at bats. Uh, but he's been productive. Five home runs, 31 RBIs, 42 runs scored, hitting 278. And really, uh, the fact that you can get a catcher who's a, a productive bat, that is always uh, worthwhile. Uh Next up, we've got Tyrone Taylor from Milwaukee, uh, who, uh, again, doesn't necessarily have regular playing time. Right now, he's getting uh, uh, some regular bats in left field while Christian Yelich is out. Uh, But the Brewers, you know, they they try and plug Taylor in when they can. And he's given them nine home runs, 35 RBIs, 27 runs scored, five stolen bases, hitting 249. That's all entirely fine. Uh, Not amazing. Not, uh, you know, doesn't uh, wow you, but uh, it's good enough uh, to you know, kind of have on your fantasy radar. Uh, and when he's getting regular at-bats, um, he, he becomes a decent streaming option. Uh, then at number 12, we've got San Francisco's Lamont Wade, uh, who has really taken advantage of the opportunity to play at first base. Brandon Belt has been injured among several Giants uh, who, who might otherwise have had a shot at first. Uh, and Wade has 13 home runs and 30 RBIs, uh, is hitting just 253, but that's fine. I mean, in, in the uh, kind of modest sample of games here, uh, the fact that Wade's giving you 13 home runs uh, does give you some immediate value. Uh, at number 11, we've got Arizona's uh, Paven Smith, uh, who doesn't have a ton of power, um, but he's kind of playing, he's playing very regularly for Arizona, whether it's at first base or in the outfield, uh, and uh, has nine home runs, 32 RBIs, 47 runs scored, because he tends to tends to hit higher in the Arizona lineup, and a 269 batting average. Um, and Basically, I guess what we're seeing out of Pavin Smith is that there's some potential here if uh, if that power kind of picks up uh, that uh, long term that he, he could be a real asset. Uh, I would say for fantasy purposes right now, uh, he's kind of a, a low end uh, outfielder or corner infield option. Uh, then we've got uh, Cubs Patrick Wisdom, who uh, is just, you know, he burst onto the scene as a massive home run hitter. He's got 16 home runs, uh, only 29 RBIs, uh, which is... is hard enough to do uh and he scored 31 runs hitting 267 and and you know wisdom was this uh you know shooting star here for the cubs like coming up and just starting uh to hit home runs Uh, but then there was the battle of of playing time once the cubs uh, were healthy uh wisdom who can play in the corner infield spots at third and first uh was facing kind of a a challenge to get in uh if chris bryant was playing at third and uh anthony rizzo was at first um, you, you run out of spots for Patrick Wisdom. Well, you know, both, both Bryant and, uh, and Rizzo are, are gone, so Patrick Wisdom should be looking at pretty regular playing time uh, the rest of the way for the Cubs. 
then we've got uh, across town, the White Sox, Andrew Vaughn. Uh, and Vaughn uh, started relatively slowly, but he's been uh, heating up. Uh, and, uh, and now there may be some question about where Vaughn's going to play. Uh, as, as the White Sox get healthier. Uh, but he's put up 12 home runs, 33 RBIs, 46 runs scored, hitting 258. And as I said, uh, this has all been uh, trending upwards uh, for Vaughn over the past month or so. Uh, he was off to a relatively mediocre start because he was probably uh, rushed into uh, the major leagues this year uh, because of the injuries that uh, the White Sox had off the start. Uh, they they kind of, you know, given, given the choice between going and getting outside help or uh, just kind of pressing Vaughn into, into active duty. Um, they, they put Vaughn in there and he struggled for a while, but uh, it seems that he has uh, hit his stride. Uh, and then we've got uh, St. Louis's Dylan Carlson. Uh, Carlson uh, does have 11 home runs, uh, 44 RBIs, 53 runs scored, hitting 255. Uh, but his trend is, is kind of going in the opposite direction. Um, you know, early in the season, he was hitting up around 300 and then even up around 280 for a bit. And now uh, he has been, uh, steadily declining in terms of batting average. Uh, he, he's not stealing bases, which is kind of inconsistent with what he was doing uh, as a prospect before reaching the major leagues. Uh, but uh, at least what we're seeing here, and I mean, Carlson got into some action with the Cardinals last season and did very little at the plate. Uh, there is some progress here. Um, but uh, as I say, the, as the season has gone on, uh, the progress has been kind of dwindling uh, for Dylan Carlson. Uh, then we've got Detroit catcher Eric Haas, who... who uh, kind of burst in as a power hitter. He's got 18 home runs, uh, 46 RBIs, 36 runs scored, hitting 246. Uh, and one of the advantages of Haas is that he also plays uh, some in the outfield uh, for the Tigers. And so, uh, you know, one of the real risks for fantasy is if you get a catcher and it's somebody who plays uh, 110 or 120 games of the season, that's great, but you're kind of missing out on, on some playing time. And if you have happen to have somebody uh, who's catcher eligible that will also play other positions, uh, that does open up the door for a little bit more production, and that's the case with uh, with Haas. In addition to the fact that he's just you know, he's a real power threat, uh, and so uh, the 18 home runs is uh, pretty valuable uh, if you picked up Eric Haas. Uh, Miami's uh, second baseman Jazz Chisholm uh, is. I mean, the injuries are the big issue here for Chisholm because otherwise it looks like he's a a pretty sure 2020 threat and maybe even a 3030 threat in the not too distant future. Uh, right now he's got 11 home runs, 34 RBIs, 40 runs scored, 11 stolen bases, hitting 255. Uh, but uh, injuries have uh, have also limited his playing time, and so uh, you can kind of keep an eye on Chisholm and, and know that uh, there are bigger and better things uh, still to come from him. Uh, number five, we've got uh, Detroit's Akil Badu, uh, center fielder uh, who was a Rule 5 pickup for the Tigers and has just been a, a real success story for them. Uh, not that everything has gone perfectly by any means, but uh, to get a Rule 5 guy who's, who's been this productive right away, he's got 10 home runs, 43 RBIs, 42 runs scored, 14 stolen bases, hitting 268, uh, and should be a regular uh, down the stretch here for Detroit for the next couple of months. Uh, so Akil Badu has been really valuable. Now, Cincinnati's second baseman, Jonathan India, who came into the season with no real fanfare. Uh, and, and it's not as though he, he's put up massive numbers, but he's playing every day uh, for Cincinnati at a position that offers generally very little offense. So uh, India's production uh, makes him fantasy relevant. Uh, he's got 11 home runs, 44 RBIs, 59 runs scored, has stolen seven bases, hitting 279. None of that is, wow, Jonathan India is a star. It's more like Jonathan India is above average. Uh, at second base, uh, and that's good enough uh, to have some fantasy value. Uh, at number three among hitters, we've got Baltimore's uh, Ryan Mountcastle, uh, who 
played for the Orioles last season, uh, but uh, did not uh, exceed his uh, his uh, limits for rookie eligibility. Uh, and so he came in with a little higher expectations, I think, than uh, than most other rookies this year and, and has performed. He's got 18 home runs, 60 RBIs, uh, 48 runs scored, four stolen bases, hitting 262. Uh, and Mountcastle's kind of made his mark on his way up with the Orioles uh, with his bat uh, and uh, is, uh, has continued to uh, to do so in the major leagues. And uh, one of the, I guess, encouraging signs from Mountcastle last year when he made the jump to the major leagues uh, was that he actually improved his uh, his patience at the plate. His walk rate got better. Uh, and, you know, that that's sometimes a, a real challenge uh, when you're a rookie and you get out. Uh, and you're used to uh, being able to be more aggressive at the plate uh, in the minor leagues because uh, you're not overmatched by anybody there. Uh, and then when you get up to the major leagues and you find out that uh, uh, that it's a whole new level of pitching, uh, sometimes uh, you, that aggressiveness will come back to get you. And so in Mountcastle's case, the fact that he uh, became more patient at the plate, uh, that, that has worked in his favor. Uh, now, number two... Uh, among rookie hitters is Tampa Bay right fielder Randy Arozarena, uh, who obviously made a, a huge impact down the stretch and into the playoffs last season uh, as the Rays made it to the World Series and Arozarena was clubbing home runs like uh, like he was Babe Ruth. Um, and now he he's not an enormous home run hitter. He's got 16 home runs this year, which is uh, very good, but not, uh, I mean, ba- based on what we saw last season, you're expecting to have about 40 by now. Uh, in any case, Arozarena also has 50 RBI, 65 runs scored as he hits up at the top of the Rays lineup, 11 stolen bases, hitting 266. Uh, he's, the thing is, he, as a rookie who who had some major league uh, experience uh, ahead of time, uh, it's not as though he came into this season without expectations. He was uh, um, quite quite hyped uh, coming into the year, and he's he's more than lived up to it, I would say. And, and the fact that he's uh, been really delivering in the leadoff spot. Uh, for Tampa Bay, uh, that adds just a little bit more value. You're getting the runs and stolen bases that uh, that maybe you wouldn't have been counting on. Uh, and then the number one hitter uh, among rookies uh, this season has got to be Texas's uh, Adelis Garcia, center fielder who's got 23 home runs, 63 RBIs, 49 runs scored, has stolen eight bases, hitting 254. Uh, and so th- that batting average has been uh, sliding a little bit lately. Uh, but for a guy who you would have been grabbing off waivers because there was no there was no real set. Uh, position for Adelis Garcia coming into the season, uh, and you know the the fact that he's already got 23 home runs. That's a there is massive value uh, if you added Adelis Garcia uh, to your roster. Uh, and so, as you can see, when you go through the, these rookie hitters, some of these guys uh, have come in and and are going to be impact players uh, in the major leagues in their first season. Maybe a handful of them, uh, and there might be another handful that are going to have some long term uh, value in terms of dynasty leagues. Uh, and so on, but the rest there are probably big question marks hanging over them because uh, you know you can look at uh, what a guy has done in, in a small sample of games and be optimistic and hopeful, but I mean goodness, we we've seen enough guys who can come up and and produce for a month in the major leagues or two months in the major leagues and it doesn't work out uh, in the long run. So um, it's uh, it's kind of worth keeping in mind here, basically in terms of uh, being a fantasy manager. Uh, the, I, I think. The, there's a tendency to overvalue rookies, and uh, based on what we've seen from uh, recent production from uh, rookies, that uh, yeah, it's probably best to exercise some caution uh, and, and and not pin too much uh, of your hopes on, on a guy who's uh, in his first year in the major league. So when we come back, uh, we'll look at some pitchers uh, who are uh, making a difference uh, as rookies. 
Built Bar is a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, and they have a bunch of delicious flavors, and that includes coconut and cherry barcia, raspberry, mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, orange, cookies and cream, and German chocolate. What a great variety that is. There's got to be something for everyone uh, with that many different flavors. My favorite is the salted caramel. I kind of dig the, the sweet and the salty combination. Uh, but if you haven't tried those flavors, you can get a mixed box from Built Bar where you get two of each of those bars, uh, sample them, decide which ones you like best, uh, and then order more of those. Uh, and so with that great selection of flavors and the fact that they're all covered in 100% chocolate, they taste like a, a great snack. And not only are they really great tasting, uh, they're healthy too. They are loaded with protein, low in calories, low in sugar, low in carbs. Uh, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the U.S. track and field team, uh, which, you know, they're kind of busy these days. So go to Built.com. Use promo code LOCKED15. You'll get 15% off your order. That's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at Built.com. Okay, so let's take a look at some of the pitchers uh, that have had an impact as rookies. And we'll start, or I've got a top 20 here. And so at number 20, I've uh, got the White Sox, Michael Kopech. And now he's a reliever who hasn't really, uh, he's not a closer. Uh, so you, you don't get uh, that typical value. Uh, and, you know, there's a potential future, I guess, where Kopech could be a, a starter if uh if it's not going to cause problems with his health uh, because he has had uh, Tommy John uh, surgery. Uh, and, you know, so far this season, he's 3-1, and one, has 2.70 ERA, 1.06 whip, 61 strikeouts in 43 and third innings. Uh, there, there's definitely some value there, but it's also uh, kind of just scratching the surface of what you might be able to get from Kopech uh, in the long run. Uh, number 19, we've got uh, an injured uh, Cincinnati reliever, TJ Antone, uh, who is 2-0, had three saves, uh, 1.87 ERA, 0.86 whip, uh, 42 strikeouts in 33 and two-thirds innings. And really, if Anton had been healthy, uh, he might have a chance for more saves uh, in that Cincinnati bullpen where they, they've kind of had to juggle uh, a, a few different arms because there hasn't been a whole lot of success there. Uh, but uh, Anton uh, has been, had, was really effective before getting hurt. Now, uh, you know, Cincinnati can keep their fingers crossed that he can come back. Uh, at, at number 18, we've got uh, Baltimore's Cole Sulzer. Uh, who's got a handful of saves uh, for the Orioles, and that uh, that counts for something. He's three and one, two point seven five ERA, one point one nine WHIP, fifty four strikeouts in thirty nine and a third innings. Uh, and you know there weren't huge expectations on Salzer uh, coming into the season, so the fact that he is uh, giving you a few saves uh, and been uh, otherwise effective uh, in a relief role, uh, sometimes as the closer, uh, that works. Uh, then we've got uh, Pittsburgh's JT Brubaker, and Brubaker. Uh, is interesting because, I mean, he's sitting on a 4.49 ERA and a 4-10 and record, and neither of those things are, are terribly appealing for fantasy. But he has a 1.17 whip, 103 strikeouts and 102 in a third innings. So, you know, he, he takes his turn and he strikes out and, and uh, has a relatively low whip, but uh, it just hasn't translated. I mean, the fact that he's not winning a bunch does not come as a huge surprise uh, playing for the Pirates, but uh, you wouldn't mind that ERA coming down uh, a bit because the underlying numbers suggest uh, it's probably a little bit higher than, than it should be. Uh, at number 15, we've got Toronto's Alec Manoa. Uh, now, he, Manoa didn't start the season in Toronto, so he's kind of 15 and rising with a, with every start. Um, he's 3-1, and 2.47 ERA, 0.97 whip, 56 strikeouts in 47 to third innings. That's, you know, all you could ask for uh, from a, a rookie pitcher to come in and give you uh, that kind of performance. And, and really for a Toronto team that uh, had so many questions in their rotation coming into the season, uh 
they've been very fortunate uh, to have Alec Manoa uh, come in and, and prove to be a, a legit major league starter. Uh, then we've got Tampa Bay's Josh Fleming, who uh, has struggled since the All-Star break. But uh, at, at the All-Star break, he was uh, one of the, the most valuable rookies uh, coming in. But even so, he's 8-5, and 4.15 ERA, and a 1.19 whip. Uh, the thing with Fleming is low strikeout rate. He's got 51 strikeouts in 82 and a third innings. Uh, so you, you know you're sacrificing uh, in that case. Uh, but I guess you, you also get the benefit of uh, he pitches for Tampa Bay, and so he's a little more likely to win games. Uh, then uh, Detroit's Turek Skubal. Now here's another guy who's got his record's not great. It's six and ten. His ERA is four point five three, and so those are question marks. One point three two WHIP and one hundred seventeen strikeouts and one hundred five and a third innings. Um, that's the you know Scooball, and he, he's been getting better uh, generally as the season has gone on. His WHIP has continued to come down, uh, and really it's a matter of if, if he can you know keep under control. Uh, Scooball's high strikeout rate uh, does make him kind of appealing enough for fantasy, whether that's kind of as a low-end starter in your rotation or as a two, uh, a guy you stream in when he's got two starts in a week, what have you. Um, but uh, the, you can see that there's potential there, and it'd be, it'd be nice if he had a, a quality team around him to, to see even better results. Uh, Tampa Bay Shane McClanahan uh, has uh, come in and, and delivered uh, some quality numbers. 5-4, and four, uh, 3.74 ERA, 1.29 WHIP, 91 strikeouts in 77 innings. Uh, now McClanahan, the, the the Rays are being somewhat cautious with him, and this is not unusual for rookie pitchers uh, that a team is going to be be much more cautious with uh, a rookie and making making sure pitch counts don't get uh, out of control. And sometimes, in the case of McClanahan, it means he he starts four or five and goes four or five innings at a time, uh, and you know that can kind of limit the fantasy appeal overall. Uh, but he's certainly worth. Uh, keeping an eye on. Uh, at number 13, we've got uh, Logan Gilbert uh, of the Seattle Mariners. Uh, you know what? He's 12th. <laughs> Logan Gilbert, who, who got called up uh, the same day as Jared Kelenic uh, early in the season. Uh, Kelenic had to go back down to the minors, but Gilbert in general has been a pretty consistent uh, performer uh, for Seattle. He's 5-2. and two. ZRA is 4.04, and, and uh, that's not terrible, uh, but it's a little higher than you'd like for fantasy, and especially when Gilbert has a 1.06 whip, 73 strikeouts in 62 and a third innings. Uh, the underlying numbers uh, are in favor of Logan Gilbert, so you would think that that ERA uh, is due to come down, uh, but overall, uh, he's been rather effective since getting called up anyway. Uh, St. Louis's uh, Kwang Hyun Kim is at number 11, uh, and He's an interesting case because, I mean, 6-6, six six, 3.31 ERA, 1.21 whip, all those are uh, entirely respectable numbers. Only 67 strikeouts in 87 innings. Uh, and so there's a bit of a trade-off there, uh, but it's probably worth it uh, as long as you're getting the, uh, the other results. Uh, and uh, the question really is whether it, it's sustainable uh, when you're not missing uh, as many bats. And, you know, so far it's worked uh, for Kim. Uh, and in some respects, I, I might consider him a, a sell-high option uh, because of that. Uh, but uh, if, if you've had him on your roster to this point, uh, you're, you've netted positive value. Uh, and number 10, we've got Atlanta's Ian Anderson. And now he pitched uh, late last season for the Braves uh, in, and into the playoffs, and, and so he's not a, a completely unknown commodity coming into the season. Uh, and, and he's currently injured. Uh, but Anderson, 5-5, and 3.56 ERA, 1.21 whip, 98 strikeouts in 96 innings. Uh, I, I would think the, there's nothing there that is... Uh, 
particularly uh, unusual or unexpected. Uh, you knew he could be a legit uh, mid-rotation starter immediately, uh, and I think that he's already shown that he can do that. Uh, and you know, there's potential that uh, if he his control gets a, a touch better, um, he Anderson might even be be more uh, than mid-rotation starter. Uh, number nine, we've got Toronto reliever Jordan Romano, uh, who did, did not start the season uh, as the Blue Jays' closer, but uh, sort of that, that has been his role um, for a while now. He's 4-1, and one, has nine saves, 2.41 ERA, 1.18 whip, 45 strikeouts in 37 to third innings. Uh, now, uh, I don't know that Romano is necessarily going to continue as the closer since Toronto uh, acquired Brad Hand, uh, but uh, as a setup man, he's probably going to be really valuable too. Uh, you now you, you lose out on the saves, uh, but uh, he'll get plenty of work uh, as Toronto tries to tries to come up with a bullpen that uh, befits a contending team because I think their lineup uh, is good enough that they can uh, take a real shot at the playoffs and their rotation has improved. Uh, so then it's up to the bullpen to uh, to give them a fighting chance. Uh, at number eight, we've got Oakland uh, James Caprillion, who, who's on the injured list right now, uh, but he's been a real nice surprise. Uh, for the A's since getting called up. 5-4, and 3.23 ERA, 1.16 whip, 79 strikeouts in 72 and a third innings. Uh, and, and when you look at some of these starters, Caprellian and Ian Anderson, Logan Gilbert, and even Shane McClanahan, you're looking at guys who, when they get called up, have deli- delivered decent results right away uh, in a way that, you know, there aren't a whole lot of hitters uh, who are doing that. Uh, and, it, you know, you could easily plug uh, those guys in, Caprellian, Anderson, uh, McClanahan, you could plug them into the kind of back end of your fantasy rotation immediately and, and you're getting positive results. And then as it, as it continues on, they, they might be better than that. Uh, so uh, I, I think that, I mean, we've seen the, the advantages that pitchers have had uh, over hitters uh, in the major leagues this year, uh, but it, it is playing out uh, among the rookie class as well. Um, at number seven, we've got Boston's Garrett Whitlock. Now this is a reliever uh, who only has one save, but his other numbers are ridiculous. He's he's four and one with uh, a 1.21 ERA, 1.08 WHIP, 53 strikeouts in 52 innings, uh, and really, uh, you're, you're you're not a huge sample uh, with only 52 innings, uh, but he brings down your ERA and your WHIP uh, with those numbers, uh, and four wins in relief isn't bad either. Uh, and then another reliever, uh, Cleveland's uh, Emmanuel Classe, uh, who has sort of split the the closers role uh he he kind of had it early on and now james karinchak is uh and we'll talk about karinchak soon enough uh but karinchak is getting opportunities as well but class a three and five he's got 14 saves 1.81 era 1.16 whip 47 strikeouts and 44 and two-thirds uh and really closer is is one position where uh a guy can come up and, and if that's the role they have for him uh he he might be an impact player uh right away uh and in class a's case uh I guess the impact would be even more if uh, if Cleveland didn't have another option to uh, to close games, but uh, still pretty still pretty solid thus far. Then uh, we run into Oakland's Cole Irvin, uh, who he, he's seven and ten, uh, so he's got a lot of decisions that are just they haven't been turning in his favor. Three point five zero ERA, one point one eight WHIP, uh, ninety strikeouts in one hundred twenty three and a third innings, and so the one hundred twenty three and a third innings, Irvin has been qu- quite a workhorse uh, for Oakland. Uh, and and I, you look at uh, the underlying numbers, and, and that seven and ten record doesn't seem uh, that he's been terribly lucky uh, on that front. Uh, but Irvin, he's not a huge strikeout guy, and so there's you know probably some some question about sustainability uh, overall. Uh, but uh, for for a guy that you would have been able to grab off waivers uh, early in the season, uh, he's offered some decent value. Uh, 
then uh, we have Detroit's Casey Mize. Uh, and Mize was a, you know the top prospect uh, for the Tigers. Came up last season, had an ERA of like 6.99. Uh, and you know you, you that that would keep him off your uh, your fantasy radar coming into this season uh, unless you had like some deep dynasty league where you could stash him uh, in the minors. Well, Mize has you know lived up to to the hype, I guess, and it's not as though he's uh, a Cy Young contender yet, but he's a, a quality major league starter. Six and five, three point four one ERA, one point one one WHIP, uh, eighty seven strikeouts in one hundred eleven innings. That's not a huge strikeout rate, uh, but this is quite effective. Uh, and kind of promises better things uh, for Mize as he continues to mature. Uh, at number three uh, among rookie pitchers is Cleveland's James Karinchak. Uh, we talked about him a little bit there in the manual Class A uh, discussion, uh, and Karinchak is 7-3. and three. Uh, It's a lot of, lot of decisions out of the bullpen, uh, but he also has 11 saves. His ERA is 3.66, which is a tad high. Uh, his whip is 1.18. Uh, he has 71 strikeouts in just 46 and two-thirds innings, uh, but I mean, that ERA has gone up a bit uh, recently, but uh, getting seven wins and 11 saves uh, adds a ton of value. Uh, and so the, the, the combination there of Karinchak and Class A uh, gives Cleveland uh, lots of, of value uh, for rookie pitchers. And now Karinchak is a rookie pitcher uh, only because last season was a shortened season because he was basically the setup guy uh, in Cleveland for all, all of the uh, 2020 season, but it just happened to be a really short year. Uh, number two among rookie pitchers is Houston's Luis Garcia. Uh, and Garcia uh, was starting the season in the bullpen. And so no real expectations. Uh, but then a few injuries uh, happen and, and Garcia gets his chance and has uh, has not relinquished a spot in the bullpen. He's 7-6, and 3.49 ERA, 1.13 whip, uh, 121 strikeouts and 102 thirds innings. Uh, he's at, at the very least a mid-rotation starter and maybe even a bit better than that already. Uh, and so uh, the, you would have secured some pretty great value uh, if you jumped in at the right time on Luis Garcia. Uh, and then the number one rookie pitcher, as he has been all season, uh, is Trevor Rogers uh, from Miami. Uh, he, he had great numbers in spring training. Uh, and uh, last season, in, in his small sample of games with the Marlins, Rogers uh, didn't pitch terribly, uh, but he did have a, a good strikeout rate, and so that you could be encouraged by that. And when he followed it up with the, the big numbers in spring training, uh, that made him uh, a popular ad kind of late in, uh, either late in drafts or uh, at, uh, at the first waiver opportunity. And Rodgers uh, has been consistent uh, throughout the season. You know, you'd like to see him get a little bit more support from his team. Uh, he's just 7-6, and six, but 2.45 ERA, 1.13 whip, 129 strikeouts, 110 innings. I mean, that's a really high-end pitcher uh, that you're getting there. And so... Uh, I think uh, if you compare uh, the uh, the hitters, the rookie hitters and the rookie pitchers, it's a little bit easier to see value uh, with the rookie pitchers. And um, that does, it still means there, I mean, there's a ton of risk because uh, you could, you could take a, a, a rookie pitcher who, who flames out in short order as well. Uh, but uh, if you kind of look at uh, the best rookie pitchers uh, who have, who have come in that uh, they've had, you know, a legit fantasy impact this year in a way that very few of the hitters uh, have been able to. Uh, so every episode, uh, I offer up one player who is rostered in 10% or fewer of Yahoo leagues, and maybe you need to race out to, to grab them off the waiver wire, or maybe it's somebody you can just kind of uh, keep on your radar and be ready to grab uh, when it's time. the time is right for you. Uh, today, we're going with Kansas City uh, left-handed starting pitcher, Chris Bubich, uh, who he's had some moments uh, going back to last season and 
And consistency is kind of still elusive, I guess. Uh, but he's starting to pull it together recently. In his past uh, four starts, he has a 2.63 RA, 1.04 whip, 20 strikeouts in 24 innings. He's also rostered in just 6% of Yahoo leagues. Uh, so before we uh, get into a couple of matchups uh, for Wednesday, uh, let's take a look at a few injuries. And we've got Toronto third baseman Kevin Biggio has landed on the 10-day injured list uh, due to a back injury. It's kind of been bothering him all season. Uh, and so the Blue Jays will hope here that uh, Biggio, can, getting getting a break, uh, it could help him uh, get back on track for the stretch run. Uh, Santiago Espinal uh, is playing at third base for Toronto. Does not have huge fantasy value at the moment. Uh, Houston first baseman Yuli Gurriel, day-to-day with a neck injury. Uh, Kansas City left fielder Andrew Benintendi, day-to-day with a shoulder strain. Uh, and Miami second baseman Jazz Chisholm, he's on the COVID-19 list. Um, it I, doesn't appear that he has tested positive, maybe just a close contact. Uh, but Isan Diaz uh, is taking over at second base uh, for the time being for the Marlins. Uh, then we've got a few other uh, COVID-19 issues here uh, on the mound. Uh, Yankee starters uh, Jordan Montgomery and Garrett Cole both tested positive uh, for COVID-19. Uh, they may have to quarantine for 10 days, so that's a couple of starts uh, there and you know the Yankees don't have a lot of depth uh, to be digging into, uh, given the other injuries to their uh, pitching staff. So it, it could be interesting times um, for the next couple of weeks for the Yankees. Uh, Milwaukee starting pitcher Eric Lauer in the same boat. He tested positive uh, for COVID-19. He's going to be quarantined uh, for at least 10 days. Uh, now uh, let's go to a couple of matchups that I do like for Wednesday uh, evening on BetOnline.ag. And we'll start with the Mets with Carlos Carrasco on the mound, minus 149 uh, at Miami uh, with Zach Thompson. And Thompson's been uh, quite effective since getting called up for the Marlins, but Carrasco uh, has a much longer track record, and uh, I guess I have more faith in him because of that, uh, and perhaps too much because I'm paying a premium here at minus 149. Uh, but I like uh, Carrasco and the Mets uh, against the Marlins. Uh, and then Atlanta with Drew Smiley on the mound is basically a pick of minus one Oh five at St. Louis with J a Hap. Uh, and Hap is, has just been hapless <laughs> this year. Uh, and I don't, I don't know that moving to St. Louis necessarily changes that. Uh, and so, uh, at a pick kind of price, uh, I don't mind Atlanta, uh, in, against J a Hap. So thanks to betonline.ag for those odds. Uh, let's grab a few DFS value plays. Uh, on DraftKings, uh, you can go with Colorado's John Gray is $7,200 at home against the Cubs. And you might say, well, what are you doing taking a Colorado pitcher at home? Uh, but John Gray has been better uh, in Colorado than he has been on the road. His ERA at home is 3.14. His ERA on the road, 4.21 uh, this season. Uh, and against a Cubs lineup that has obviously been depleted after the trade deadline, uh, not a bad chance here for Gray to uh, deliver a quality start. Uh, Houston, uh, first base and third base eligible, Aledmas Diaz, uh, who was figuring to get regular playing time with uh, uh, when uh, Alex Bregman out of the lineup for, for the Astros. Uh, but uh, with Yuli Gurriel out, uh, Diaz moved over to first base. Uh, so you, know, you have some options there at first and third, but he's also just $2,200. Uh, now going against the Dodgers and Max Scherzer, I mean, they, they could get mowed down, uh, but uh, Diaz has a decent bat, and if he's going to get playing time at $2,200, you take that shot. Uh, Colorado second baseman Brendan Rodgers, $3,500 uh, going against the Cubs and Alec Mills. Uh, Kansas City third baseman Hunter Dozier, there's a bit of a long shot here, but he's got, he has a decent history against White Sox starter Lucas Giolito. Dozier is just $2,800. Uh, and so, you know, if, if it'll help you spend money uh, on other spots, uh, you can take that shot. Uh, Angels outfielder Joe Adele talked about him off the top. He's just $2,000 uh, at Texas with Colby Allard on the, on the mound. Um, 
as you know, I talked about Al or, or Joe Adele um, has has come to the major leagues uh, after crushing AAA pitching, and that doesn't mean you're going to have immediate success. But it's also part of the reason that uh, when you're playing daily fantasy, a guy could be undervalued uh, because that you know you can't price Joe Adele at five six thousand dollars right away. You don't know uh, if if that's going to be a fair price. Uh, for him, and so when we're in the very small samples of of Joe Adele in the major leagues, uh, you might you might uh, catch some value uh, at two thousand uh, dollars. Also, check out Atlanta outfielder Eddie Rosario, who's thirty two hundred dollars uh, at St. Louis. He's got a, a strong history against J. A. Happ, uh, and Detroit outfielder Robbie Grossman is twenty nine hundred dollars. Uh, he's had some success uh, going against Boston starter Eduardo Rodriguez. Uh, that will do it for today. Uh, enjoy the uh, games. Also, check out the Locked On Fantasy Hockey Podcast. Uh, we've had a, a busy off season, and it's almost uh, getting to the point where we have to start looking ahead uh, to next season. Uh, the off season in hockey is just awfully short. Um, but listen to these podcasts on Apple, Google Play, Stitcher, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Stay locked in with Locked On Fantasy Baseball, your daily source for fantasy news and analysis. Betting on Major League Baseball doesn't have to be a guessing game if you listen to the new Locked on Bets podcast, hosted by your boy Q and handicapping expert Lee Sterling. Get daily picks, blowout specials, wrong team favorite picks, and Lee Sterling's lock of the day. Follow the Locked on Bets podcast brought to you by betonline.ag, wherever you get podcasts.